Welcome to Calvary Servanthood Community Church, where no one stands alone. You're listening to Dr. Emisi Maliki on the series Going Back to Bethel. Be blessed. to settle down. I want to pass my sincere greetings to Baruti Barona, Baholo Barona, Bumme Lebondade, and everyone that is here to come and listen to the word of God or to fellowship with us. We want to welcome you, and we believe it is an appointment with God. Uh, in this church, we believe that the, the steps of the righteous are ordained by God. We, we are at the place because it has to be like that. Sometimes, yes, it happens and the enemy would steal what you're supposed to be getting in that place and change things. But our steps are ordered by God. So wherever we are, whatever we do, there is God behind that. Hallelujah. And I see some few faces that have not been with us since the beginning of the year. We welcome you to the teachings that we are in. We are in a journey. We're going back to Bethel, a dwelling place of God. As we go there, there is a life that we are looking at that was called by God to go to Bethel. And we want to start and understand from this life what are the things that we need to avoid. You know, it is, it is different, Bakreste, to say to all of us, I have a teachable spirit. But when there is no full obedience of the word of God. A teachable spirit, it is the spirit that obeys. It is not the spirit that thinks that things must be done this way. It is the spirit that obeys. 
It is the spirit that when God has spoken, it is the spirit that does what God has spoken. It's a different thing I said the other week about Jacob. When he has reached a certain level of spirituality, there is a difference of reaching that level and maintaining the level. When we have reached the plateau, the watermark, the high level of spirituality and being in a position to maintain that, it's another thing. We saw how he got distracted. Today we're saying the danger of degeneration. We spoke about the degeneration last week. How he degenerated, how he acted. Degeneration, Bakreste, it is not that one has backslidden. You are still here in the house. You know there is a parable that Jesus gave about a coin that was lost in the house. I don't know if you remember that. The coin that was lost while you are in the house, but you are lost in the house. You have not backslidden. You are not out there. But it's just that you are not in the right position. When God called Adam after he has committed sin, Adam was at the garden. I don't know if you remember. And God said, where are you? God knew that Adam was in the garden but was not in the position that he was supposed to be. Now here, we see Jacob as well in Canaan, at the border of Canaan, but not at Bethel, at the position where he's supposed to be. It is not a question of being out of the kingdom. You are in the kingdom but not at the right position. That is the degeneration all about. But this morning we are saying into the worldliness. Now you shift from this position that you are, you now get into, you put your food into the world. Have you seen these people? who don't have a position. Their position is they look where the wind is blowing and they take a position because of that. But when you stand in that position, there's violence that would come and the wrong things that, you, that would occur as a result of that. So we read Genesis 34. 
Now, this Genesis 34, we take, we're going to take all of it, many verses up to 31. But I will read a few, and please uh, confirm with me if you will read at home. You will. Amen. No, that's a complete obedience that will have to come with it. Then I will read and then we'll go to, my approach this morning is, we read and I, I touch on few things as we read here. And I will go to the end a little bit and, 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 and combine it, go to the beginning of the story. So I will start it that way. Now we read verse one. Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. Remember where they are? They are at the border of Canaan and uh, Haran. He has crossed over, but he has, he's not at the right, he's not at, 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 uh, at Bethel at the moment, but he has moved from Haram to Bethel. Now, here is this girl who goes there and visits. When she came, the son of Hama, the Hevite, the prince of the land saw her. She took her and lay with her by force. Now, Shechem is the prince. Now, if you know you want to get these things quite well. So, Shechem, it is the William of the of, 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 of the English monarchy. Shechem is Umisi Zulu for our Zulu monarchy. Now, this is what she does, Umisi Zulu, or U William. He saw her, he took her and lay with her by force. He was deeply attracted to Dina, the daughter of Jacob. Now, take note of something as you read. Ne? Verse 1 says the daughter of Leah. Now, here says the daughter of Jacob. Those two things are different, right? And he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. Now, in spite of taking this girl by force and laying with her, there is a love story behind that as well. Now, verse 4, we read, So Shechem spoke to his father, Hama, saying, Get me this girl for a wife. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled Dina, his daughter, but his sons were with the livestock in the field. So Jacob kept silence until they came in. Now, this is also very important because you will see the implications of it. He hears Jacob as the father before the sons. They were out in the field. Remember the story of David, connected with David. David was in the field. They, they, would, they would stay there in the field for many days and they would come. So some few days has lapsed here. The man had... The men did not condemn. 
The man did not say anything. He just kept it to himself. Until his sons came from the field. Now, verse 6, we read. Then Hama, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Now the sons of Jacob came in. Now Hama goes. The sons of Jacob came in from the field when they had it. And the men were grieved and they were very angry because he had done. Now mark the words again. He has done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter. Now here is something again. Hama goes there, goes to speak to uh, Jacob. Same with this man. Buntak, I think you should hear this very well. This man goes and looks for a wife for the daughter, for, 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 the, for the son. But when he arrives there, from all these things that has happened, he doesn't apologize. He doesn't recognize or acknowledge what has happened. Now here are the boys. They become angry. They say, because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter. Now, two names are mentioned there. He, disgraceful thing has happened in Israel, but the daughter is Jacob's daughter. Now, Israel, these boys, they are sure, they know their identity that they actually identify themselves with the name of the father, that it is disgraceful for an Israelite because they are chosen people, they are covenantal people, they are special and separated people that the father could not see. And they became angry. He remains as Jacob, lukewarm. These boys understood that it was sin against the calling of the nation. While the fathers, the, both the fathers, they don't do anything. The other one is keeping quiet. The other one does not plead any guilt of what has happened, does not make any apology or make any acknowledgement. So we read verse 8. But Hamor spoke with them saying, The soul of my son, Shechem, longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage. Verse 9. Intermarry with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. 
Thus you shall live with us, and the land shall be open before you. Live and trade in it and acquire property. She came also said to her father and to the brothers, if I find favor in your sight, then I will give whatever you say to me. They are giving an offer there. But listen to verse 12, a very important part as well. Uh, 13, I'm sorry, but 12, let's start with 12. Ask me, ever so much bridal payments and gifts, and I will give according to, as you say to me, but give me the girl in marriage. You know, when this thing was happening, later on, as you read through the chapter, the brothers, when they go in on a rampage of massacre, they go and take the girl from Shechem's place. Now, it, it, it becomes a question as well whether this girl was for this idea or what. Because she was held there. And he, she stayed there even when Shechem was out to meet with the father. So sometimes we, we, we fight for certain people that are not worth to be fighting for because they are for that thing as well. So don't make us to fight for you while you are not with us in the battle that we are fighting. We want to fight with you. We want to be part of the battle. We want you to surrender with us to the battle of the Lord. And verse 13, Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father Hama with deceit. Now listen to this voice. They are angry. You hear me? And they had the right to be angry. But they have a deceit that they are coming with it. Any anger. Anger, it is not prohibited in the Bible. But anger should not make you to sin. They were angry here. The plan, what they wanted to do, Bagreste, was the right thing. They wanted to rescue their sister. But the how of the execution of the plan was not correct. Now, many of us, Bagreste, in my life as a Christian and as a person, I realized that certain things that we would want to do the good things that we would want to do, the how plays an important part. I may want to do a good things, but if the how of execution is not right, it leaves a bad experience. And the person that that thing has happened to him or her remains with the experience, not what you were intending to do. So it is important that anything that you do, it may be how good, 
check how it is being executed. Because when you execute, that is the most important part that is going to remain, is going to build a mark and experience to this person. Now, these boys, they really had good intentions, very good intentions. But the how and the execution was not right. They said to them, we cannot do this to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised. For that would be a disgrace to us. I like these boys. They know who they are. They know their position. They understand themselves. They said it is not going to happen. To give, remember David. You know, when you look at this story, it brings a lot of stories in between. It brings the story of Lot as well. It brings the story of David. Many stories are connected here. Remember what happened to David when he remembered his covenant. That he is a covenant person. The thing that made David to kill Goliath was the covenant. The answer come. He said, I'm a covenant. The covenant was ringing in his heart. It is the covenant that made him to go and kill Goliath. And the covenant, Bagreste, it is knowing who you are. To Israel, a covenant was the most important thing. If you do not who you are, you will fall into the traps of the enemy. Now the boys knew the covenant. You know, the covenantal issue to us is a salvation issue. It is recognizing our calling, your calling as a Christian, and a special position that you are in. If you don't recognize that, it will take you somewhere. Now listen to the boys. Only on this condition, we will consent to you. If you will become like us, in that every male of you be circumcised, I will leave the story. And then I just want to get into uh, the, 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 the teaching. But listen to this boys. Ne? They, they take God's ordinance and say to these guys, if you will do this ordinance, you will be like us. How many times as well, uh, my young girls and my young boys, if you come to church, you'll be able to marry me. While the issue of salvation is actually not there. You will be like us. Just come to church. Everything will be fine. Check whether to bring a person to do an ordinance while he does not understand the ordinance itself. A person just came in. 
And that is what has happened. Now, let's go back to the story. I said, I'm going to go at the end and come back to the beginning. Jacob is on his way back to Bethel. Remember that. But there are these things that are coming on the way. Instead of going to Bethel, he goes to Shechem. When God called him, he explicitly said, I am the God of Bethel. And go back to Bethel. Now he moved away from Haran and was on his way to Bethel. But instead of going straight to Bethel, he stopped somewhere. There might be other reasons why he stopped there. Now, if you look at it, it is like when God spoke to him and when God sent the angels to escort him, it was like the man is obedient to the word of God. But it was an incomplete obedience. Many a times we obey, but it's not a complete obedience. I said to you, Bakresta, in the past week, these things does not take you away out of the grace of God. You know, Mudimuki Mudimu, when he has spoken something about your life, it will come to pass. But the, it is in my hand to bring it to pass, believe you me. God waits for you to be ready and have a complete obedience. You can talk about everybody in the Bible. Same applies to Abraham. God waited for a complete obedience to Abraham. God waited for a complete obedience to, to Lord. God waited for a complete obedience to David. You know David, if you look into his life, he was actually an obedient. But somewhere God had to work on him. Remember how David was brought in as, 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 as a king. God sent Samuel to his house, the house of Jesse. And when Samuel arrived there in the house of Jesse, the other seven boys of Jesse were brought in. And, they, and, and, and David was not there. And the prophet asked, are these all your sons? And he said, yes. And only later on, David then had to emerge. And David was actually the son of Jesse of the second wife. And the second wife was an elderly woman who was married before. So the seven brothers would not recognize David as their brother, including the father himself. That is why he was hidden in the fields. But David, they never knew 
they never understood that the rejection of David, if there was a person who could come in and say I was rejected in life, was supposed to be David. But the rejection of David staying in the field made him to get in contact with the Lord. It made him to be the man that he was. So I would not have a reason to come one day and say, I have really been re rejected. How David worked himself up. We are talking now of the lineage of the king David and the Messiah that came in there because how David fought and came into contact with God. And while he was there, he said, though I walk in the valley of death, I know that the Lord is with me. Full obedience that we need from you, that God needs from all of us. God spoke to him that he needs to go back to Bethel, to his father's house. The whole story here is just short of the full obedience of God. You know, full obedience, Bagreste, would have averted all these problems that the house of Jacob had. Do you hear me? The full obedience would have averted all these things. But God, providentially so, redeemed the mess that was there and worked it out all together for good for Jacob's ultimate safe point. There was a mess. God is not the author of sin. God is not the author of confusion. But God can use providentially so and preemptively so work out for good for the things that are a mess in our lives. God used that to separate Jacob and those people. There are certain people, Bakreste, that we must separate from them. No doubt about it. I know as Christians, we say a lot of things about how, how do we reach out to certain people if we don't, you know, mix with them. But you know God will tell you the signs and everything that go away from this. It will cost you. If you hear it in your spirit that here I need to separate myself, separate yourself, otherwise it will come at a cost. Sometimes, Bagreste, a negative event can be protecting you from something even more negative that is coming. It's a negative event. 
but it might be protecting you from a bigger negative things that would come. And God used the situation to take out Jacob there. Now let us go back and recap now from the past week. Now if you remember, Jacob had fear of meeting with Esau. But the situation turned out not the way it was expected. He expected a fight, but it was never a fight. While it was like that, he continues to deceive Esau. Now, I, I, and this reminded me of certain experiences in life. Somebody that I came across in life said this statement, and I realized how the statement can really be true. True. This person speaks in Isizulu. At Umundu, we are seeing this one. Our Umkuwake Utatiskati. We get saved, but our character needs to be worked out. While you are safe, you have a challenge of yourself. The challenge, it is not anywhere outside. It is you. It is your character. The biggest challenge, Bagreste, that we all have of our Christian life does not come from outside. It comes from me. It's my character that I need to work on. Nothing was actually coming. This man, when he saw Esau coming from the horizon, instead of saying, I go in in the name of the Lord, his faith, the whole faith that he had, it vanished, it went away. And he acted, what, what was the first thing that came to him? Was his character. Now, every time all these things that has happened to this man, it was a battle between himself and the character. Now, himself wishes his character and God. He went to Sakop and he built himself a house there. I spoke last week that, very strange, he built himself a house there. He buys a space there, a land there. When God has said, I will give you the land. He, he forgot not only the vows, but the promises of God. How important it is, Bakreste, that we should remember the promises of God. He should have fought this battle with the promises of God. But he decided to forget them. 
and he stayed next to the city. He camped there. And we see the consequences of neglecting God in the whole chapter. And when I was reading through this story, Bakreste, I asked myself a number of questions. Because this story is very tra uh, 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 tra tragic. It's a, it's a tragedy of a story. And I said to myself, why is this story in the Bible? Why would God make, you know, we know that it is Moses who wrote Genesis or the first uh, five books, the Pentateuch books. Why did God allow this story to be there? To me, the lesson was God can change a flawed person and use him for his purposes. No matter how your character is, God can work on it and change it and use it for his own purpose. It might take long. It might be a struggle. It might be, but God will make sure that at the end, you are good for his purpose. No matter how we are, but God can change us. There's a story in the book of Jeremiah where God speaks to Israel about him, Jeremiah prophesying to the nation of Israel about him being a porter, that he can rebuild. Jeremiah was observing a porter making some pots there. And God said, go to Israel and say to them, I am a pot, I can change them. So it is God who can change our lives. If we change the life of Jacob, remember Jacob was already, a, he knew, he grew up, he was like some of our kids, our children, who grew up in the house of the Lord, who speaks the language of, 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 of God, but the language has no substance or, or, or form of Christ in it. That is possible. When you have grown in an environment, because you have heard them speaking, you speak like them. And you are, people are unable to identify whether you are one of them, because you know the language. You know the language. You know how things are being said. You know how to say hallelujah where it will touch people. You know, you know exactly how to say that. If, 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 if you, you grow un under my ministry, you have heard me saying Jesus. You would know that when you say, oh Jesus. Now the apostle speaks of the wilderness here. Because I said the core of what we study here, it is the danger of degeneration into the wilderness, going into the wilderness. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The apostle Paul speaks there. That I urge you, therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. Now the Apostle Paul understand the doctrine of wildness. It is there is a doctrine, a doctrine by Christi, and we would not be able to run away from it. And this doctrine, it is not only faced by individuals. It is also faced by the church. We are faced with this worldliness. And may be difficult for me to explain what this wilderness is. The Bible talks about the transform, to be transformed, not to be like the world. And from my own explanation of the wilderness, it would be a certain atmosphere. The atmosphere of Christian. A kind of Enervating and poisoning and leering kind of atmosphere. Deadening atmosphere, which in most cases falls within the church. Where in, in, in some of our churches, when you ask, there is this vibe that we want. If there is no vibe, there is no church, Bakreste. And it can hold us, and we can become so consumed in it without really getting into the weight of God. I have seen, as I grow in my Christian life, where people would go, and I'm, I'm, I'm not discouraging the tents and anything, or these big gatherings, where Christians would go and there would be an advertisement, big advertisement, of saying, these miracles, this would happen, this would, and people would flock there, and it would just be a drama right at the beginning, right? Up. The enemy would hold people busy, and they will go around some manifestation, and all these things would happen at the end of the day, three, four hours, no word of God has been preached. How the enemy can keep us busy. And sometimes we become excited with this busyness that he brings in. And we, we don't see anything wrong. When that has not happened, really, while the word has not been preached, while these dramas that we have seen, that are not, some of them, you don't even feel comfortable when these dramas manifest. It is like you can go somewhere and leave the place. And they keep us so excited. 
So it is important, but rest not to go according to the world. Sometimes it can become even a trend. You know, following certain trends. Because there is this particular church that runs things in this trend. And we feel we follow the trend. If we don't follow the trend, people would go. These are real issues, Bakreste, that are facing the church. Real issues. And sometimes we don't want to touch on them. But they are facing us here. They are facing the church as a whole. We gimmick things. We don't really give the, fruit, the true things. You know, Jacob stays there in Sakop. That was out of the harmony as per the New Testament with the life of the patriarchs. The patriarchs, Bakreste, they did not build any houses. They built the tents, the patriarchs. They, they never stayed in houses. But this man, he built a house contrary to the word of God. Agiri, when I finish here, Bakreste, those that want to build the houses, as big as you can. It was only applicable to the patriarchs here. And then in Deuteronomy 8, he tells them about giving them wealth and so forth. Now, when the generation of this very Israel comes from Egypt, he gives them wealth that they should build houses. So there was nothing wrong in building houses there. But in this case, he was not supposed to do that. There are certain things that are meant for a particular group of person. It is exactly what Murud was saying about the offering that was supposed to be taken here. It tallies with that. He built the house and the bands and everything for his animals. Contrary to the word of God, that was supposed to happen at that time. Now we have this seduction or rape that came in. But if you look into it, it came in because of the proximity of these people to Shechem, Jacob's house to Shechem. That was the main reason. How close are you to certain things? That you're not supposed, you know very well that this is not where I'm supposed to. But you continue to, the proximity to certain things would bring danger into your life. It brought in some seduction. It brought in some rape. Verse 1, it says, Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. When she came, the son of Hama, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he took her and lay with her by force. 
chronologically, when you read the story here, this girl was around 13 to 15. But you know that in Israel or in the East, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, when they were 13, from 13, when they became teens, they were eligible for marriage. To us now, anybody at that age, if she is supposed to, uh, it is not supposed to. But she was at this age, between 13 and 15. From a biblical point of view and the times as well, she was actually matured enough. Now, a question is, why did, yes, the proximity, but why did he go to Shechem? Well, the Bible says here, he wanted to see the daughters of the land there. To me, normally, we go to places because there is an attraction of something. I would not just go to go and see something if I've not been attracted to. So there was an attraction of some sort. We are attracted by many things in life. And some of these things that attract us, they've got danger in them. But let me bring it more home. And please forgive me. In Jesus' name. <laughs> what has attracted you to this establishment? What has attracted you? Why are you here? In this establishment. I want you to go and look at that question yourself. If you are able to answer it, it will be the answer that will sustain your stay here. If there is no answer for it, then your stay here will be limited. Dina was attracted by something to go there. You know, in the cycles of churches that I have, I have been and talked to people, very rarely did I hear people talking about the establishment like this one saying, I wanted an establishment that follows on the teaching of the word of God more closely. You may not get into really as a human being, but you can get closer to. And very rare people are talking about that. Some people talk about worship or songs, music. Children need a Sunday school. 
And like that, like that. But is it the call that attracts us to the real things of God? Mary Dina was fascinated by a number of things. You know, she was a young girl. Normally during her life, when a girl went out, she was actually supposed to be escorted by a man or by brothers. How did it come that she was not escorted? There was no man who was going with, with, with her or what, I don't know. But something inside pushed her, attracted her, and said, go out there. Those are the questions that I asked. Certain things pushes you while you are asleep. Sin doesn't come back resting. When you wake up and you commit it, it is something that has gone for a long time in your mind. Any act, whether it is good or bad, it goes for days or even months or even years in your mind. When you execute, it has already been executed in your mind. So when Diana was going out there, she had already gone out in her mind. She was already out there. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? In your mind. And he was taken, humbled, according to the word of God, and defiled. And that's a very strong thing that could have happened. And remember this young man, Barry is a prince. As a prince, he was of a high ranking and wealth. Now, Bagreste, it is not the high ranking and wealth that will give you life. Do you hear me? It is God that gives life. Nothing of high ranking. Nothing of wealth would give a person a good life. A good life comes from God. And I asked myself a number of questions. Whose fault was this? Was it Shechem's fault? Was it Dinah's fault? Or was it Jacob's fault? Somebody must take the responsibility here. All of them. But the person who must carry the responsibility is Jacob. It's Jacob. If he could of the boys, the anger that they had, 
then they organized this audience, ordinance that these people should be killed. As I've said, Bakreste, nothing wrong with a person being angry. You know, God himself is angry about the world that does not know him, but God does not sin for that. Now, these boys organized. On the third day, after the circumcision has happened, then they went out to kill. She came to kill the father, Hamo, and to kill all men in the village. What a massacre. And not only that, the other boys that were there, remember, there were 11 boys, but the, the other one, the, 11, the 11th one was very young. Joseph was very young at that age. Maybe the other eight, because nine, the, the, uh, uh, Dina was the only girl of, the, all the, of, of all the children of Jacob. Now, the other nine, Dina's the 10th, and then Joseph the 11th, they went out to loot the city. They took everything, wives and children as the servant with them. Now listen to Jacob. Something that is surprising me about this man. Verse 8. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me. He says the trouble that you have brought it, it's on me. By making me odious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and my men being few in number, they will gather together against me and attack me and I will be destroyed. I and my household. But they said, verse 31, should he treat our sister as a harlot? My boys. <laughs> who understood themselves. I do not condone the act that they have done. But I condone that they knew that intermarriage with a non-Israel was prohibited by God. They knew their identity. They knew that they are covenantal people. And they're not going to take their covenant and extend it to other people who don't believe in their God. Know who you are. Don't allow the world to take you away from God. I want to close by reading something to you. It's Psalm 33. 
verse 13 to 22. We have gone over time a little bit. But listen to this psalm. It speaks to us now. It says, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. He sees you. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. Like a sovereignty of God here. Everything, it is him. And he says, he who understands all their works, the king is not saved by mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his loving kindness. To deliver their soul from death. And to keep them alive in famine. Our souls wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts rejoices in him. Because we trust in his holy name. Let thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in thee. There is no security but rest in the arm of the flesh. Jacob thought by staying next to the Shechemites people, he has the security by intermarriage. He has the security. Our security, it is with the Lord. Our security is in the arms of Jehovah. Whatever we devise as a security for ourselves, it will not be a security. The slaughter of the Canaanites by the sons of Jacob, they slaughtered them. While you know, that was done in a deception. Was a necessity for my boys. It was a necessity. Had Simeon and Levi not slaughtered the men in the city, Jacob's sons and daughters would have intermarried and what God has called them to, to be would have been diluted. They did it in the wrong way. But they knew what they were protecting. They were protecting the covenant of God. Go out there and protect the covenant. Protect your salvation. Don't allow anything to take it away from you. Otherwise, it will come at a cost. Let's walk together to Bethel and be at the place where God wants us to be. Let's stand on our feet.
we're going to see him next week now going to Bethesda. Something very strange. When they went out there, now I'm going before me. When they went out there, there is something very strange. The Bible says, and Kera caught all the people around. They could not follow them because of the terror that God brought in. But Christa, you have a protection. We, we, we don't want to acknowledge it. We think sometimes we will do things on our own. The protection of God is upon you. It's over you. Let's sing a song and pray. by the Spirit of the Lord 
is by the arms of God, the arms of Jehovah. Teach us, Jehovah, to protect the covenant that you have called us into, to protect the salvation, to protect our identity with God. Help us, Mujimwaruna, that we should always be reminded of who we are, like the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel. They remembered their identity. As James says, that we should not only be the hearers of these ways, but we should be the doers of it. We should be in a position to do it. We should be in a position to apply it, in a position to live it in our lives. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our Sunday service stream and we hope it blessed you as much as it did with us. We hope to hear from you soon. Follow us on all social media platforms. Be blessed.